Former Prime Ministers Sir John Key and Helen Clark have banded together in an effort to get Auckland's port moved north. The campaign, called Waterfront 2029, is designed to encourage the government to move the port to Northland. Clark says the relocation would be a win-win for Northland and Auckland. Sir John says while it's expensive to move, it's also expensive to maintain. Where people get to pretty quickly is, well, okay, it's very expensive to move it. But the problem with that argument is it's also very expensive to maintain it. Now, there's all sorts of numbers thrown around about what it costs to move vis-a-vis what it costs to keep that port there. But the answer is the differential between the two is, yeah, not insubstantial, probably a few billion, but not nearly as big a number, I think, as what people say. So that was Sir John Key talking to Mike Hosking on the Mike Hosking Breakfast this morning. However, over the weekend, former Finance Minister and Minister for Everything Stephen Joyce said he believed it made absolutely no sense to spend billions of dollars to reduce the competitiveness of Auckland and the Upper North Island in this way. Stephen Joyce joins us now. Good morning to you. Morning, Kerry. How are you? You certainly haven't retired, have you? Oh, you know, you've just got to... (laughs) make a contribution where you might know a little bit about it. Yeah, well, no, good for you. Do you accept that there are two camps on this and we won't know which camp is right until the billions of dollars have been spent? Well, hopefully we'd know before then because it would be a supreme waste of billions of dollars if it turned out that it wasn't a good idea to shift it. And it is a lot of money. And the difficulty with all these discussions is people talk about it as if there is no alternative use for that money. Um, and in the case of infrastructure in and around Auckland, there's a lot of alternative uses that people could name. So, for example, uh, Third Harbour Crossing, uh, further extensions of the commuter rail network. There's all sorts of things that, no matter what you say, you wouldn't be able to do if you spent the roughly, it's talked about, around $10 billion, uh, required to do this. Now, you do some of it anyway, but there's an opportunity cost to everything. Yeah. And, of course, I think most people accept that a project like this is unlikely to come in on time and on budget. <laughs> well, it's because it's, it's really a number of projects. Yeah. Now, the bit that I would agree needs to happen anyway, in fact, I don't think you need the excuse of moving a port to do it, is you know, the, the road between uh, Auckland and Whangarei needs to be a four-lane highway, has needed that way for some time. We started on it, current government stopped it. Uh, if, you look at the, if you look at what's happened with the Waikato Expressway, um, it's hugely beneficial and would mm. be for a region like Northland because you've got sort of one and a quarter, 1.4, 1.5 million people living south of the Dome Valley and at the moment a bit of a goat track through the Dome Valley which stops the full interplay between Northland and Auckland in a whole range of areas. So that needs to happen. Um, and you can argue, if, depending on your view, that the, that the railway needs definitely upgrading. But the challenge with all of this uh, proposal is the sheer distance between Auckland and Whangarei Port, which is very strange for a port city to have its port 150 kilometres away. And also, the fact of the matter is that the shape of Auckland that means that you'd be making congestion worse, not better. At the moment, you know, there is congestion caused by the port, but instead of having uh, it in the centre of town and, and, and radiating out from there, you'd be taking it to really the wrong side of town from where all the industry is, and trying to rail and truck it back through you know, over the Harbour Bridge, down the Upper Harbour Highway, through the rail network, which is actually completely uh, planned to be used for commuter rail, or more or less. Mm. So the idea that you'd be able to do that without massive expense and dislocation of the existing communities, I think it's just, it's just 
there's no way, given the existing transport corridors, that it wouldn't make things a lot worse. When it comes to other cities that have shifted their ports, you know, a lot of international cities have realised that their ports aren't fit for purpose anymore. It has yep. been done before. Absolutely, but they tend to shift in much shorter distances. If you look at Sydney, uh, I don't have the piece of paper in front of me, but it's about it's it's no more than about twelve k's. So they shifted out to Botany Bay, uh, yeah. and people often cite that as an example. But it's literally only about twelve k's still from the middle of Sydney. Yeah. So it is further out, but it's very close. If you look at Melbourne, they shifted theirs around from Docklands to make available that land there. Uh, and that's literally still only eight k's from the centre of Melbourne. So, yep, they shift the ports, particularly as you no longer need the miles of walls. In fact, it's happened in Auckland and in Wellington. Mm. All those old, what mm. they call finger walks, have long since been taken over and gentrified, and that's great. But your actual container terminal needs to be somewhere pretty close to town uh, because that's where the you know, all these imports come in, all the stuff that you buy at the various retail shops, uh, they all come in uh, through the wharves. Uh, and then, of course, you've got to match that with uh, stuff going out through the wharves as well, because otherwise you have a, a huge problem with economies of shifting around empty containers. So it's, it's very hard to see how uh, building a port 150 kilometres away is actually going to help uh, Auckland be more competitive economically uh, and actually not put up costs for Auckland consumers. When it comes to... The Navy, some people have said, well, let's move the port to, over to Devonport. That makes absolutely no sense when you look at how congested the road... Yeah, no, that, no. That, that wouldn't work. No. I mean, literally, it's a, it's a small, it's an even narrower strip of land. Yeah. You couldn't move the port to Devonport. No. Uh, so, not, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting <laughs> idea, but all you have to do is drive down Lake Road um, uh, once in your life and you'll realise that that's not a go. What about the opening up of the waterfront, though? I mean, Wellington's done such a, a wonderful job of opening up its waterfront, of course it's nowhere near as, as busy as as Auckland or Tauranga, but can we have our cake and eat it too with the way the waterfront and the port is at the moment? Well we have actually, uh, right right now we have... Um, with the Wynyard Quarter. Wynyard Quarter, mm. I, mean, I mean let's face it, Wellington's port is still in the middle of town. Mm. Um, it's, it's just moved along. Uh, to one end, which is effectively what's happened to the Auckland port. It's moved along to one end. It's been consolidated down the end uh, at the bottom of Parnell there, and um, and all the other land has been uh, freed up for all sorts of things. And and I think that consolidation should continue. And there's certainly an argument for the port to be more independent of uh, the council, not not in terms of it being the owner, but commercially, because I think then it would make it would make better decisions to shrink its footprint over time or and you know everybody points out that the cars uh, well finally they're doing what they should have done decades ago which is consolidate all that into one building at the end of the wharf and free up all that other land um, uh, but um, but yeah I mean Wellington's done the same thing um, so I, I think to suggest that Auckland hasn't done it is wrong it's done it almost exactly the same as Wellington has I, I suppose we've just got more um more waterfront and where the port is just seems to bisect the city. Well, particularly between the eastern suburbs and the city, yeah. I have to say. Yeah. Um, and, that's, and that's understood, particularly when you've got, um, you know, a lot of people in the eastern suburbs are, uh, are understandably frustrated by that. And it's sort of made worse, it has to be said, by some of the transport planning decisions that the council's made recently so it gets harder to get into the city from the eastern suburbs 
that it was yeah. three years ago. Um, and I don't think I need to list out those projects. So a little bit more integrated transport planning. I made the suggestion on the weekend that actually sorting out that whole craft and interchange yeah. um, in the shorter term would be a heck of a lot more um, useful. And building the third main railway line between the port and Wirree. One of the reasons that the trucks actually use so much of the, of the road between the port and Wirree is the restrictions that are on the railway line because it's only two tracks and there's a lot of commuter trains and you know, we should get on and build the third main line alongside the first two which would give a line dedicated to freight. Um, now those sorts of sensible shorter term solutions would do a heck of a lot to reduce some of the pressure. Well thank you very much for your time and your insights. Always a pleasure to talk. Yeah, lovely to talk to you too Kerry. Thank you and you enjoy the rest of your day. Former Minister of Everything Stephen Joyce with his views on the port. It seems you know, it's former bosses all for moving it. Stephen Joyce comes up with cogent reasons why not.